Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking, re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, beliefs in our culture and Christian circles. Over the past 15 years, I'm often asked, what is the most essential sermon or lesson that should be given to kids? Well, I'm always drawn to the gospel, right? I'm always drawn to a a message about salvation. You know, I I guess that's the the evangelist in me. But I always lament the idea that that I don't get an opportunity to, to lay out a a biblical foundation starting from Genesis. I I mean, how do you really understand the gospel if you don't really understand what's laid out in Genesis, if you don't really understand that that there is a a God, that there's an absolute moral law being, that he created the universe? And so, at the end of the day, if you don't believe in the first chapter of Scripture, then, then you don't believe in Christianity 101. And at the heart of Genesis 1-1, still lives the greatest threat to Christianity, and that's evolution. And, you know, we, we say, oh, you know what? I don't believe in it, so I'm good. Let's, uh, let's, let's turn the radio off and go get some snacks, right? Or, well, here's the problem is that it's all around us. It's infiltrated our hearts, our minds, and of, of TV, pop culture, conversation. In fact, you have a whole line of Christians that are theistic evolutions. They believe that that God created evolution. And does that work with Scripture? And see, the problem with evolution is it, it, it denies the, the very basic Genesis story of creation. It undermines God's creation, His authority, and it basically provides a way of escape from God's Word. And it opens the door to, to new ideologies, new beliefs. And, and if God is not the creator, then, then by what authority does the Bible dictate its moral law. I mean, worse than that, if, if God didn't create the universe and the world, then, then the Bible lies. In the first sentence, it lies. Well, may it never be. But, but I want to take a look at the ideology of evolution, not the science of evolution, but, but the, the belief system behind evolution and the ramifications of believing in it. See, the Bible preaches some, some amazing virtues. How would I know what love is? How would I know what true love is, right? Love is, well, the scriptures say, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep accounts of wrong suffered, right? Bears all, hopes all. This is where we know what love is. This is where the virtue lies. How do I know what law is without the foundations of Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy? How, how do I know what, what a community should look like? Do I love my neighbor or eat my neighbor? What about grace? What about mercy? These are amazing biblical principles. But what is the morality of evolution? Is there a morality of evolution? Well, the creator of it, Charles Darwin, in his Origin of Species, he laid out a blueprint for life, and that blueprint was survival of the fittest. Now, the irony of this is, you know, most pure evolutionists today, you know, they, they like to poo-poo the origin of species, right? And so, well, wait a minute, that's your foundation. You, you can't just let that go. 
This is the, the, the cornerstone of your belief system. Now, what if evolution was right? I mean, what if it's just about survival of the fittest? And what if we're all just animals? I mean, what does that mean? How, how would this affect society? Well, I wrote a short story a few years ago, and I, and I want to share a little bit about that with you. And the title was Evolution on, on Trial. It's about a man who uses evolution as, as his religion, as his belief system. But honestly, and, and see, that's the different, mo, difference. Most people, they believe in evolution, and it is their religion, uh, but they don't really admit it. They don't really say it out loud. But that's how they defend their lifestyle. That's how they live their life. And so evolution on trial, in my story, it's, it begins with the, the, the headlines read stock fraud, tax evasion, theft, and murder. A man nobody had ever known was about to become a household name. His stock scandal cost millions of average Americans their life savings, kind of like Enron. In order to escape going to prison, he killed the accountant who was going to turn him in. The office cameras captured the entire incident on video as an innocent external auditor was shot in the chest four times. It was bloody and a cold-hearted killing. Greg Beck was an average man who stood six feet tall, weighed about 180 pounds, sandy blonde hair, and was clean-shaved. He was well-groomed and very polite, and although he was a good student in college, he stayed out of trouble. He was never really well-liked amongst his peers. His parents were Harvard-educated and they were great lovers of philosophers like Plato, Espinoza, Berkeley, Hume, Rousseau, Kant, Nietzsche, and more. Now, Greg loved reading, and he loved nature, and he found happiness in those activities. His other hobbies were the stock market, bug collecting, and business. His life motto was survival of the fittest. He would repeat that to himself competing on his high school debate team. He would think of that model while grinding through graduate school, and nobody knew who Greg Beck was until December 13th, 2004. Late Tuesday afternoon, the whole world would be introduced to Greg, every television network interrupting program to give the report. And the next day, Greg's picture was on the cover of every paper. By the end of the month, all the media magazines had articles about Greg. Greg was famous or infamous. He was accused of stock fraud, tax evasion, theft, and murder. And over the next few months, Beck's philosophy would become world known. Greg was a product of the public school system. From kindergarten to graduate school, he attended the state university where he graduated with a degree in history and a master's in teacher's education. Greg was a high school teacher by profession for the past 10 years, which meant Greg literally had spent 31 of his 36 years of life in public school setting. And this would be the key to his defense. When it came time for trial, Greg's attorney, Doug Jones, shocked the world by blaming the public school system and more specifically evolution for Greg's misconducts. The opening was simple and to the point. Greg Beck is innocent of the charges because there is no moral reason why he should be held responsible for crimes, which have no moral basis. Greg believes in evolution and that he and his fellow men exist by random chance. There is no creator and such, no moral lawgiver. And because no moral lawgiver, we have no moral laws, which means that we have no moral absolutes. Sound like postmodernism to you? Any laws are simply a violation of moral laws that are absolute, that there are no absolutes. 
There is no basis for right or wrong. In such, Greg Beck is guilty of no crimes. Court was stunned as the young brash attorney sat down with great confidence and a smug look at his face. Evolution is our defense. Now, does this sound ridiculous to you? It should, because it logically doesn't make any sense and you should be able to smell it a mile away that, that well, that's not right. But, but why not? I mean, if you really upheld a, an evolution standard, a, a standard of survival of the finish, then why can't I stand uh, on a street corner and sneak up on somebody and, and steal their money? Why can't I club them over the head? Why can't I beat them hand to hand? Survival of the fittest, the law of the jungle, right? Only the strong survive. Why is it wrong? I'm just an animal just like you. Well, evolution is a lie. And when we use evolution to replace God, which is exactly what we're doing, evolution is there as a, as a, re, a God replacement, as an, a new explanation for who are we, why are we here, and what's the point of life? Well, who are we? We're nothing. We're just, you know, from a primordial soup, right? Why are we here? There's no rhyme or reason. You just say la vie, do what you want to do. There's no purpose except to serve yourself, which that self-centeredness is at the core of animalistic life. And so is this an unfair characterization of evolution? Is, this, is it unfair to say that evolutionists can't be moral? Well, of course an evolutionist can be moral. I'm not saying that. You've, you've met plenty of people who are good law-abiding citizens. But we're not talking about individuals. We're talking about an ideology. We're talking about thought. And this is what scares me and what's so dangerous, and especially being at a, at a private Christian school, is, is the kids just, they don't even think anything about it. It's like, yeah, I don't believe in it, so what? Well, it is important. And it's especially important, and it will be important when you have your own children, you're looking to protect their little minds. Well, what does the Bible really say about the earth being billions of years old and, and us constantly evolving continuously and transforming and transmutating from you know, sea creatures to land creatures? Is the Bible silent? Well, of course not. And again, the most important foundation of the Bible, as it was written, is in the first chapters. It's one of the things that drives me crazy about studying the Bible is, you know, who goes to a book and opens it up and starts reading, you know, the last three chapters. I mean, you start in the beginning. And believe me, God was a lot smarter than you and me. And when he put the Bible together through the hands and minds of men, there was a reason why Genesis was first. There's a reason why the Bible begins with, in the beginning, God. There are no more important words than that. And if you don't yield to that, and if you don't believe in that, it's going to change the way you read the scriptures. Genesis 1 states that God spoke into existence his creation. There was no time of evolving. God said it and it was so. When God says split the Red Sea, the Red Sea splits. When God says drop manna, manna drops. When God says water comes out of a rock, water comes out of a rock. It doesn't take millions of years for it to happen. God is the supreme being who has power over nature. And so man didn't evolve from a primate to a human. God created man in Genesis 1.26. God created woman in, in Genesis 2.22. He fashioned us. We, we are the, the crowning jewel of his creation. 
We're, we're a beautiful thing, not an accident. We have purpose, and God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so when we come back, we'll look more at evolution on trial. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about evolution on trial and the idea that a man who would murder somebody else and commit fraud would actually use evolution as his defense, as his his moral foundation. Is evolution still dangerous or have we just accepted it so much now that it's just, you know, it's just part of the way we are. You know, again, this is one of those fights that we, we fought really, really hard and you just don't hear about it that much anymore. And, And I would say this, that a lot of us have given up the fight by just, you know, yielding to the public schools and, continuously sending our good Christian kids to a public school system that would teach our children something completely opposite of what the Bible teaches. It's a very dangerous, very dangerous thing to do. We've been talking about what the scriptures say, and are the scriptures silent about evolution? Well, of course not. See, God also created the earth over a a literal six-day period. And do you realize that most colleges, let let me rephrase that, most Christian colleges don't believe in a literal six-day creation. It was the first thing I learned when I went to seminary. It was the first thing I learned when, when I was studying Hebrew in the ancient Hebrew language. And the word for day is yom. It's not a difficult word. It's not complex. It's actually pretty simple. And you know what it means? A day. Well, what kind of a day? You know, sunrise, sunset, 24-hour period, a day. So again, when you read the account of creation in Genesis and when God says, and you know, at the end of the day or one day or the fifth day or the sixth day, he means one day, not one day equals a million years. Um, This isn't an allegory. This is a, a, a literal, a literal statement that God is making. We see other passages like Job 38, a continuous message that continues to occur throughout the Bible that God is their creator and, and, and God challenges Job and he says, Job, where were you, O oh man, when I laid the foundation of the earth? And he goes into describing some really cool things like, you know, who stops, who stops the ocean? Who, who, who puts the, the lock on the wave? And growing up in Southern California and hanging out at the beach, uh, sometimes I would think about that kind of thing. Like, why, why does the beach stop right here? Well, why doesn't it just keep on going? There's no mountain behind me. It's just sand. Um, why, why doesn't it just keep going? Why don't, why don't tsunamis just roll right through and, you know, start in California and end in Nebraska? 
Because you know what? It's God who laid the foundation. It's God who, who puts the wall and it's God who says, stop. Romans 9 says it a different way. Who are you, O oh man, who thinks to answer back to God? And then he goes into the exp- explanation of the potter or the creator. And it's the creator who, who has kingship and authority over mankind. And see, that's the problem. The problem is when we talk about this idea of evolution, if you remove the authority, if you remove uh, moral law, then there is none. One of the, the main reasons for choosing a Christian education is so that, so that you or your children can receive an honest account of history, an honest account of science. Remember, the classic scientists were, were all Christians. They understood the, the power, the consistency, the upholding that comes from the Almighty. God is a God of order, not disorder. The days don't change. There's not 24 hours in one day of sunlight and then 36 the next day and then 48. God is very consistent scientifically. You throw things up and guess what? They fall back down. God is consistent. And an education, let me be clear here, an education that doesn't uphold the Bible and and, and doesn't scrutinize evolution, what kind of an education is that? What kind of an education assumes that the theory of evolution, not the fact, and this is the scientists that call it the theory, the theory of evolution, it goes unscrutinized. It's insane. Oh, they have their lectures and journal notes and they, you know, may undermine Darwin, but, but the concept, the big picture concept of evolution still remains the same. Now, what are the most glaring lies is, is the account of, of Hitler. Uh-oh, I know. You're not supposed to use Hitler as an example, right? You just, you can't go there. It's too extreme. It's too crazy. Uh, you, you can't pull out the Hitler card. Here's the problem with that. Have you ever read Hitler? I mean, have you ever read his book, Mein Kampf? It's a great book. Not in the terms of something that you would want to live by. But if you want to know, if you want to know what Hitler was thinking, just read his book. He wrote it while he was in, in prison, before he became the ruler of Germany. And he lays out, he lays out his entire belief system and he lays out his plan, his strategy, basically to rule the world and to have a better world in his view. Now, here's the lie. The lie is that Hitler was crazy. The lie that is that Hitler was a madman. Now, Hitler was not a Christian. Uh, you know, I hear that garbage all the time. And be, just because you're not a Jew, that doesn't by default make you a Christian. He was a part of the the state of, you know, Christianity in Germany, which was not Christian at all. But see, Hitler was devout in two areas. And, and in his book, Mein Kampf, he lays it out. He He was a follower of Nietzsche, devout follower of Nietzsche. But even more importantly, this guy was a pure evolutionist, pure evolutionist. The difference is he actually had conviction to live it out. I mean, you, you got to give him credit for that. He, he openly in his book talks about the, the concept of survival of the fittest, the concept of, of nature having supreme rule, the, the concept of having superior races and beings to other races and beings. Now, in evolution, isn't that what evolution is? 
the, the, the stronger, the better will adapt, will, will transform, will mutate, will, will grow. That, that's how they survive. The giraffe gets a longer leg. And so he's able to get higher up in the tree and, and, and eat the leaves and not starve and die. The, the faster cheetah remains faster and that's how he stays alive. Well, if we're all animals, if we're all just part of the evolution system, then what if we applied that to, to mankind? Right? What if man was just an animal? Well, this was Hitler's position. Hitler's position was that man was just another animal. And so to him, quite literally, a Jew was a parasite. A Jew was a rat. And he lays it out in his book. And what's a parasite? A parasite is something that hosts or comes alongside and feeds off of another. A rat is somebody who, who comes in and sneaks in and, and steals things at night under the, the cover of darkness. And so to Hitler, when Jews are, are moving to different places in the world and, and settling in, in Poland or Austria or Germany or, or England or America, you, you know, we all, we all have different sections of town where, where it's predominantly Jewish. To Hitler, they were just parasites coming into another culture, coming into to the pure, beautiful German Aryan race and destroying it by taking, not producing, but taking. And so in his mind, that was just a, a different form of, of a lower tiered human. It would be the same thing with blacks. He would look at them as second class citizen. He would think the same thing if you had some kind of, of deformity. Uh, you know, what, what if you were, you know, a dwarf, then he would think of you in that sense as well. He performed experiments on human beings. Why? Because they're just animals, just like we do. We don't, you know, unless you're from PETA, we don't have a problem with experimenting on, you know, cute little bunny rabbits or rats or things like that. Right. Well, for Hitler, why not use humans? All of that came from his his ideology and his viewpoint of being an evolutionist. And so, if you do believe in evolution, and there is no absolute moral law being to tell you what's right or wrong, then you make up your right or wrong in the jungle as an animal, then what's to prevent you from doing whatever you want to do? What's to prevent you from committing stock fraud? What's to prevent you from from murdering somebody? What's to prevent you from, from cheating on your wife? What's to prevent you from even having, why have a wife? Just, just jump around from woman to woman. See, at its core, evolution denies God his proper place as creator and authority as lawgiver, And it replaces it with a self-imposed autonomous morality left to the individual, left to the individual to make up what's right in his own eyes. And so we don't have any form of, of civilization that lives by the same standard, the same rule, the same governing principles. And unfortunately, evolution played out to its true extent will lead you to Greg Breck. It'll lead you to Hitler. And so before you think that evolution is just a, a harmful idea. Think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian. 
Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.